I forgot to click on us. Hello, Val. Hi, Judy. Everybody. Let's see here. Norma and Jennifer. How's your little doggy? Doggy, 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 doggy doing? Aw. And Anna yeah. D. Uh, I was sitting there. I was like, hey, we're not on, we're not on TV. We're close. I don't know what was going on, Catherine. <laughs> I was like, something's wrong. <laughs> well, welcome, Deb. Nice to see you, Deb. Deb. Oh, nice to see everybody. So uh, what we got going on tonight? Today we have Dan Dodson. He is, um, he and I became Facebook friends. I think, um, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe, I'm not sure, but maybe about a year, but he's been having some really crazy um, activity at his house and, um, and he was finally ready to to come on and talk about it, to tell us about it. Cause he and I have been uh, messaging back and forth and he posted some things on my Facebook page. So um, yeah. So, Oh, Greg's here and Deb. Hey, we got some new people. Come on in. All yeah. right. Thank you. All right. So let's bring him in. All right, Dan, welcome. And how are uh, you doing there? Oh, pretty good. Um, thankfully it's not as cold here in New York as it has been, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. New York are you in? You don't have to get specific, but, um, you know, are you in the, cause it's a big state. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in Western New York. I'm about an hour away from Buffalo. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Now, oh, um, yeah. Dan, you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm originally born and raised in Albion, New York, which is about an hour and a half north of where I live now. I'm, you know, like I said, I was born and raised there. I grew up on a small farm. We had everything on there short of a petting zoo. <laughs> That's cool. Um, even, even had an ostrich at one point. Wow. And, you know, I'm very outdoorsy, you know, growing up. If I wasn't in my room doing something or in the house doing something I was either outside messing around with the animals or there I was in the woods behind my house exploring or down at the Erie Canal doing some fishing oh nice um but yeah like I've pretty much ever since I was about five years old and first saw Harry and the Hendersons I've always like wanted to believe that Bigfoot existed mm -hmm. and I remember the first time I saw it I was like oh wow there's really large monkeys in America <laughs> yeah. and yeah ever since then I was obsessed but it was more like uh you know wishful thinking type of thing mm -hmm. and it didn't start clicking with me until I that they could possibly actually be real until I was in about fifth grade and I saw still shots from the Patterson Gimlin film mm -hmm. and I started you know reading all of these stories mostly out of that came out of the Pacific Northwest about all of these sightings as I got older Mm -hmm. So I, I believe they existed at that point, but I thought that they were like exclusive to the Pacific Northwest area. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until about, I want to say 
2008 when I was living in Nebraska, a lady I work with, where you're used to work with, came in one night and was telling me and the other person that I worked with that the night before she was on her way home and she said something big and hairy on two legs walked out in front of the across the road in front of her and she had to swerve to miss hitting it wow and at that point i was like oh maybe they do exist in other places yeah and so it was at that point that i started watching the show monster quest mm -hmm. and that really kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I know that show was, a lot of it was for entertainment purposes, but it just really opened my eyes to the fact that they don't just exist primarily in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And about back in... When I say 2011, I moved back to New York. You know, home was calling me. And I hooked back up with my best friend from high school. And we started, you know, talking about stuff. And the subject of Bigfoot came up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I asked him, like, what do you think? Do you think it's real or do you think it's, you know, made up and he, he he told me you go oh no it's real and he proceeded to start telling me about an encounter that he had back when we were still in high school behind his house on property that his parents owned and yeah you know, i was i just like wow you know i kind of wish i had known this years ago and, but our, my real journey with Sasquatch didn't start until about, oh, I want to say it was September of 2021, I believe. Okay. It was, you know, it was a little while after, after COVID hit mm -hmm. and I had, I had a few days off from work and I was messaging my you know messaging him back and forth and he pointed me in the direction of a podcast called the dark swamp and it's run by a guy named swamp dweller where he has people send in all of their you know, like different things it's like bigfoot encounters cryptid encounters that kind of stuff yeah and so I started to listen to it, and I, I immediately became hooked. And I started talking with my friend back and forth, and we decided to get together and do some exploring. Mm -hmm. Well, the area we decided to explore is about an hour northwest of where I am now on... Uh, it's actually on a Native American reservation, but it's specifically on the Iroquois National Wildlife Refuge. Okay. 
And, you know, I went and picked my friend up and I said, well, where on the refuge do you want to explore? Because this is a place that I've gone to quite a few times because they have all sorts of different nature trails and stuff to go on. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, do you want to stick to the main trails? And he goes, no, if, if you want to see something supernatural, you need to go off trail. So I'm like, all right. So, you know, we get there and we pull off into, they have these little parking areas that you can pull off and park in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's all, it's all state land. So anybody is welcome there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we started walking around and we walked, we were walking across this open field that they had mode for everybody and we came up to this section of woods and you know I was looking around and I, all of a sudden I, I look at my friend and he's just staring off into the woods and I look and look where he's looking you know how when you get that feeling that you know something's just drawing you to something Mm-hmm. That's that's the feeling we were getting. So we started walking, and um, you know, at first we didn't really see much. We might have seen, we saw a partial, possible footprint, but it was really old, so it we couldn't tell exactly. What time of the year was this, Dan? I'm sorry, did this you was, say this was? late September okay. in 2021. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Okay. And so, you know, we kept walking and mm-hmm. the area of the woods we were in when we first stepped in, it was very, had a lot of undergrowth, but we started following this really heavily used game trail. Oh. And you know, we were walking and we stopped to catch our breath and try to, you know, get our bearings, make sure we didn't get lost or anything. And I just happened to look up and notice this tree. I want to say it was about maybe six inches in diameter. And it was growing, it was naturally growing at an angle, but about eight foot up the tree it was snapped and twisted wow and you know obviously i had to check that out so with it being growing at an angle naturally i was able to grab onto it and pull it down to look at it better and on either side of the break we could see where something had squeezed the the tree on either side as it was twisting it. Wow. So, you know, needless to say, that, that definitely caught our attention. Mm-hmm. And as we kept walking, I, I happened to look up and notice another tree. It was about the same width and diameter that was bent into an arch about 
eight feet above the ground going right over the game trail that we were following. Wow. And you know, I pointed that out to my friend. He goes, and even he was surprised. And he goes, yeah, that trees don't naturally grow like that. Mm -hmm. And so we came, you know, we kept walking and, you know, we finally came out of the underbrush into like a more open area. Mm -hmm. And it was there oh, that we saw. I have a question, or one of the, our viewers, Squatch and Holler, has a question. Do you know what kind of a tree it was? Uh, I want to say it was a maple, but I don't okay. remember. Like some sort of deciduous, like that tree. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Go on. Thank you. And you know, as we came out of the, we came out of the underbrush into a more open area. And we started looking around and noticed that there were about six or seven of these tree arches all in one area. And they seemed to be surrounding this. It, all I can describe it is like an ancient looking tree, like a really big shag bark hickory wow. and the whole time we were there we definitely had the feeling of being watched mm -hmm. and I didn't see it but on our way back my friend turned around and said he saw something tall and dark darting between behind trees and, you know, unfortunately, I didn't see it, but there, he had no reason to make that up. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Well, and, no, because that's, yeah, you were there for, that's what you were there for, right? Oh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we made our way back out of the woods after, I want to say, our total time exploring was about, two to three hours, I think. And then that includes, you know, walking across open fields and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, so we, I get back home and, you know, go on about my life with, you know, wife, with the wife and kids and everything, mm -hmm. not really thinking that I wouldn't have any more experiences unless I went back to that spot. Mm -hmm. Well, Come April of that following year of 2022, it was the last Saturday in April. I'll never forget this night. And I had stepped out onto my back porch to have a cigarette. And as soon as I stepped out, uh, for actually, first, let me give you some context here. Okay. Um, when we first moved in to where I'm living now, you know, it wasn't unheard of to ha hear coyotes, you know, start up at like two or three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and, you know, sound, they would, they'd get pretty close and it would sound like our house was surrounded. 
Wow. And so anyways, that night I was, I stepped out to have a cigarette. And as I stepped out, I noticed, you know, that this was about nine 30 at night, the coyotes had started up and they, they were close. They sounded like they were right in my backyard. Wow. And so I was sitting there listening to them from about a minute. And, and after, I want to say about a minute and a half from the trees just behind my house, because my backyard butts up right against the woods. Okay. I heard what sounded like somebody taking a Louisville slugger and smacking it against the tree. And I heard that three times. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting there listening to them. I knew what it was. And coyotes still kept going. And about 30 seconds after I heard those tree knocks from the left side of my house, I heard three very distinct whooping calls, almost like what you would hear a chimpanzee do when they start up their whooping, like if a troop were to challenge another group of chimps for territory. And right after that, the coyotes went completely silent. So needless, needless to say, I was very intrigued. Mm-hmm. And I s- sat outside for about 20 to 30 more minutes just to see if I could hear, any- hear anything else. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, nothing else made its presence known that night. So I went back inside. And now a couple days later, I went back to work because I was working a Monday through Friday job at that point. Dan, there's a question that we have. um, And uh, were the knocks close together or were they spaced apart? uh, No, they were pretty close together. I'll see if I can do them. They were like... Okay, gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, go on. And so I I went back to work that Monday and I started talking to one of my work buddies who I had recently found out was not only a believer, but an experiencer as well. And I told him, you know, what I had experienced a couple nights prior. And he looked right at me and smiled. I go, Yep, buddy, that's you. That's a hundred percent Sasquatch right there. And you know, needless to say, that that got me excited even more because honestly, Sasquatch is one of my bucket was one of my bucket list items at that <laughs> time. And you know, so obviously, I was replaying the event the events over and over again in my head mm-hmm. that whole week. And come that next Saturday, around the same time, I, oh, sorry. It's okay. (laughs) I stepped out to have a cigarette. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there listening to to everything. It's all quiet. And 
I decide to try and replicate the whooping calls that I had heard the week before to see if I could get some sort of vocal response. So I did, and I waited about 20 minutes. I didn't hear anything, so I went back inside thinking, well, it was worth a try. And the very next day, my wife and I were sitting out on our back deck, and um, I just have to look over to the left side of my house and where the... Uh-oh. Do we lose Dan? Yeah, Dan? Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's like he's frozen. Yep, you, okay, he sorry, Dan, you were frozen for a little bit. Oh, the last, yeah, the last we heard was that you're sitting on your back deck, you looked over towards your left, to the left, and then that was it. And what? Yeah, and to the left of my back porch, there's a bunch of fallen trees and there was the day before there was a pile of branches next to one of the stumps that had been there for as long as I can remember and I just happened to look over and notice that the sticks were missing and I thought no, that that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So I started, you know, looking around and just about maybe 20 feet past where the sticks were laying just inside the tree line. I see this stick structure that's in the form of a teepee wow. that wasn't there the day before. Oh, wow. And so I immediately ran and grabbed my phone and my camera started taking pictures of it and you know I pointed it out to my wife and I told her you know what I believed it was and she goes well it's it's definitely possible that it could be Bigfoot but at the time she was a skeptic and she told me you know I'm not saying that it isn't but you know maybe somebody can't walk through during the night because there are other houses around me and maybe somebody walked through it during the night and put Mm -hmm. them there Mm -hmm. and you know me and her got to talking about it over the next couple days and she told me that you know she doesn't didn't not believe in bigfoot you know she Mm -hmm. believed that it was possible that they existed but she was skeptic and she would have to see a footprint or something like that Mm -hmm. to be a full believer. Sure. Yep. Well, come a year, a little over. Oh, I think he froze again. It'll be a year ago this February since it happened. Okay. Um, you know, I had been laid on or let go from my previous job. So I was, and my wife decided that she wanted to, you know, get a job, go back to work, mm-hmm. break and figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kids were in school at that time. And I was, I just happened to 
stick my head out the back door and I was, you know, just watching the tree, watching the wood line and stuff. And something told me that I needed to go for a walk in the woods that day. So I put my shoes on and I started going down the pathway that my landlord has cut back there. And just a little ways past where the stick structure is, I noticed this small humanoid looking footprint. And, you know, I took a picture of it. I didn't have a tape measure with me at the time. Mm -hmm. So I, you, yeah, that's the one I found today. Oh, um, okay. Wow. I used my, my, used my foot. My... Oh. He froze again. He froze again, Dan. And. Oh, you know what, okay. Dan? Like I said, I did. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, we have this up. Let's just and, talk about since since uh, Grizzly has it queued up. So you found this footprint. You said this morning, right? Was it today? Yes, yeah, so earlier today, around I want to say it was about oh. 11 30, 12 o'clock. Okay. Um, I went out walking because with hunting season and everything, I haven't been able to get out there like I wanted to and today was the best day we've had in a while so mm -hmm. I I decided to take advantage of it and go out and explore and see what I could find wow was that but, uh, that footprint was that um were there several was it a trackway would you say or was it just a few how what would you say it looked it looked like there was just a couple because oh. there were other like deer prints and mm -hmm coyote tracks mixed mixed in there yeah um and we see that a lot um did you get did, does it look like there's all five toes um tennessee to, yeah to me it looked like there was all five toes yeah i definitely you can definitely see some some yeah some toe prints yeah oh there's another okay yeah mm -hmm. yeah and that one looks very similar to the very first one that I found in snow almost a year wow. ago. That's great. Okay. And. Okay. Okay. Rose again. Darn. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's. Now, what about these, Dan? Can you. Wait, I think you're that's, back. That's the one I was re referencing. Oh, that that's. Was, wow. Yeah, that's my very first print that i found and i wear a size 10 shoe and that was just a little keep us all in suspense. of course i got really excited at that point and you you cut out right after um you said that was just a little bit was it bigger or smaller a little bit smaller than my foot okay. oh wow wow and you know, so needless to say, I got really excited at that point, mm -hmm. and I went went back to the house as it was getting about time for my wife to call me on her lunch break, and I, when she called me, the first thing I said to her was, all right, I'm going to send you some pictures of something that I found in the woods 
just a little while ago. And I want you to tell me what you think. And she goes, all right. And so I sent him to her through Facebook Messenger and the her immediate reaction was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you can see toes. Yes. And yeah. then, then she then the million dollar statement came from her. She goes, Wow, I, I guess they really do exist. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she asked for a footprint and they provided. That's pretty cool too. Oh, oh yeah. And wow. honestly, for a few months after I found that footprint, things were a little uneventful mm -hmm. until one night I would think it was that that June, me and my wife were sitting in our living room and the way our we were getting ready to watch a movie and the way our couch is situated it faces our two side windows that look off into our side yard okay. and our side yard actually butts up against my landlord's deer camp mm. and you know i'm i we're sitting there getting ready to watch TV or whatever. And I just happened to look out the one window and I noticed over on my landlord's property, this really bright neon blue light. And I see it for a second and then it disappears. And a few seconds later, it appears about, 10 foot closer to my house, like right on the border of my, of where my property ends and my landlord's property begins, wow. then it disappears. And the last time I saw it, it was right in the middle of my side yard. And I estimate this light was about the size of a baseball. So I know that it wasn't a firefly mm -hmm. and my wife sees me staring out the window and asks what I'm doing. I tell her about this light that I'm seeing and you know, she didn't see it, but it definitely had her weirded out a little bit. And I told her, you know, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to look around and see if there's, I can see anything that could possibly be causing it. Mm -hmm. And when I got out into my side yard where I last saw it, there was nothing, wow. nothing man-made that could have caused it. And the reason I mes me mentioned the light is because I heard many stories of weird orbs being associated with Bigfoot activity. That's right. Mm -hmm. And... Um, no, so jump ahead to this past August, I had, I had been keeping in touch with my friend that I used to. Oh, he froze, but Greg, he said that the light was blue when he saw it, that it was blue and it moved from the side. Yes, of the it was blue, yeah. like a very bright neon blue. Wow. 
and you said it you you saw it moved from the from one location and came further into your yard right is that what you had said dan and so anyways fast forward to this past august mm -hmm. you know ever since i got let go from my job i still kept up with my buddy who was you know, we were always talking about Bigfoot and cryptids and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he started, one day he messaged me, because he lives about 20 minutes from where I do. Okay. And there's a park that he likes to go to that has a wooded area behind it with nature trails and all that stuff. And he started sending me pictures that he took of <laughs> leave us in suspense again <laughs> of this wall of branches that he found oh, wow. and which struck me as weird but it struck him as even weirder because these are trails that he says he's been walking since he was a kid and he'd never come across anything like that before during his walks. Wow. So, you know, we kept talking back and forth and, you know, we decided, all right, we need, I need to meet up with you and go see what, you know, I need to see what you saw because mm -hmm. at the time when he sent, took those pictures, he had his girlfriend and his son with him. So, you know, he didn't want to really venture off too far and possibly have a bad encounter and didn't want his, anybody to get hurt. Sure. Mm -hmm. They're Yeah. Yeah. But he did say, tell me when he sent me those pictures, or actually it was when we met up at the park that, when he was there, he decided to climb over the over the wall to see what he could see. And as soon as he did, he got down on his you know on his knees and had his girlfriend take a picture of where he was. And she said, "You couldn't see him at all." Wow. But he said from where he was sitting, he had a perfect view of the trail. So originally he thought that it could possibly be used as like a blind or something mm -hmm. to watch people from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I go up, I go up there with them and, you know, since he, you know, it was just me and him, we had a little bit of freedom to, go off trail and you know explore a little bit more than what he was able to and we were finding all kinds of twisted tree breaks and um an arch uh, you know tree arches uh -huh. and you know like that one picture i sent you of that tree arch we we think there was something else there that wasn't just Sasquatch mm. because if you remember that picture I sent you of the tree arch uh -huh. and that little thing that looked like a little tiny, very pale person 
-hmm. in the background. Mm -hmm. And the more I, I've talked with a few different people that have had experiences with them. We, I think there may be Faye there as well. And I just happened to inadvertently catch one on camera. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the whole. Oh, Grizzly's going to show some more. So you can tell us about. Uh, yes, that what, is, what? that's behind my house. That is. Oh. Yeah, that is those two trees, those two branches there are mm -hmm. holding that tree down. Oh, wow. Any idea what kind of a tree that is that's bent over? Then, that's cool. By my guess, I would have to say it might be a birch tree. Okay. Okay. But, okay. um. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, you can yeah. see a nice mix there and. What's holding? Oh yeah, and yeah. just like I like I sorry, like I was saying, and mm -hmm. yeah, that's close to my house too, and that's actually I'll get to it in a little bit. That's actually where me and my friend set up my gifting spot this past summer. Oh, okay. And um but you know, the whole time we were in this wooded area behind the park. We, we only saw a few people that were, you know, walking the trail and stuff. So we mm -hmm. were, it was just me and him for quite a while. And the whole time we were there, we kept hearing footsteps off in the woods, off, mm -hmm. off the trail. Yeah. And, you know, they were pretty faint. So I think they were either far off or they were trying to be quiet mm -hmm. so that, you know, they could quite possibly not be detected. But we would also hear faint chattering as well. It almost sounded like Japanese. Wow. You know, the sam like the samurai chatter that Ron Moorhead talks about. Yes, yes, that he got. Mm -hmm. Wow. And um, so, like I said, the main focus that my friend wanted to show me was this wall of branches that he had found and as we were walking down the trail trying to get to it he was telling me that how as soon as he he was telling me how as soon as he had stepped over the wall you know to you know get a vantage point he started hearing faint tree knocks and beginning he be, was starting to feel a bit disoriented and he was hearing the chatter and it was at that point that he decided it was best to turn around and head back and he almost got lost and like I said before, this is a trail that he's walked since he was a kid. So he knows it like the back of his hand. Mm -hmm. And I've heard many stories of people getting disoriented. Yes. When there are Sasquatch around. Mm -hmm. And yes. so after um, 
you know, I, we finally got to this wall and this thing was so big that I couldn't fit it all in one photo, no matter what angle I had my camera at. So I took a video of it and it was, it's massive. It is, I want to estimate about a foot and a half tall, probably about three and a half feet wide and probably about 40 foot long. Oh my gosh. Wow. And, you know, I, you know, I have an artificial leg, so it, I knew it was going to be a bit difficult for me to try and climb over it to see, you know, see what he was seeing. Mm -hmm. But so I decided not to, but the yeah. whole time I was standing I was actually standing next to the wall. I was definitely getting weird feelings. Mm. And, you know, I went, you know, went back to him. He was standing on the main trail and he said, he asked me what I thought. I go, I said, yeah, that, that's definitely weird. I have no idea what that could, they could be using that for. And he goes, well, do you want to keep tr going down the trail or do you want to head back? Mm -hmm. And I decided at that point it was best to head back. Cause we had also planned for him after our hike up there for him to come back to my house. And I was going to show him all the stuff that I had found behind my house. Wow. And as we were walking back down the trail to get out of the woods, we could hear three of them following us. And, you know, I just, I kept my eyes in front of me, you know, kind of watching to see if I could see anything in front of us. Mm -hmm. But anytime he would, or we would stop to rest, my friend would turn around and he would catch glimpses of two of them darting behind trees and one time that we stopped to rest, I happened to look over at my, to our left and about 50 yards out, there was this, you know, small clearing and there was this tree. It was completely illuminated by the sunlight, but there was something tall and dark that was swaying back and forth from behind the tree looking at us. And I, I said something to my friend. I said, you know, I, I think we got something watching us over here too. And I didn't even have to point to where I was looking and he looked and he saw it immediately. He goes, yeah, we're, we're being flanked. Wow. And so, you know, we get back to our cars and come back to my house and I show him around my house you know, everything that I found, all the structures and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing to note is on one of my times exploring out behind my house, mm -hmm. I stumbled upon an old abandoned RV campground. Oh, wow. And that still has, there's still about two or three of pull behind campers sitting back there and you can tell they've been back there for a while and there's still a maintenance shed and you know they got the 
just off a little ways past that, they got buildings with, um, uh, what do you call it? Sitting areas and stuff and abandoned and abandoned, um, swing set. And, you know, I asked my landlord about it and he told me that when he was a kid, and this is going back 50 some years ago, that there used to be a privately owned campground back there. And, you know, cause my landlord grew up in this area mm -hmm. and just one night, all of a sudden, everybody just decided to abandon everything. Oh, wow. And he doesn't know why. And I, I think I kind of have a have an idea of what might have happened. I think they might have had something scare, a scary encounter or something and just decided to pack yeah. up and leave because there, there's even still the wow. electrical conduits and stuff. Wow. But, yeah. um, that's a good, so, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And even my friend as I was showing him around behind my house and we came upon the walking around the campground. He goes, yeah, not going to lie. This is pretty creepy. Wow. And yeah. so, this, uh, you know, it was during this time that we set up my gifting spot about, I want to say, maybe 100 yards from my house. Okay. And, you know, I don't use food. I use um, the color, like the colored rocks you can buy at like Dollar Tree or stuff mm -hmm. like that, places like that. And because I've heard bad yes. stories about that if you you gift them food and they come to expect it and then all of a sudden it's not there they sometimes get a little upset about that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know so we put the rocks out there and about a week later Gotta. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I want to, before we get too far, I want to see, um, there were two questions. Can you bring those up, Grizzly, please? Because you have two, I think, two stars. Um, how is the cell phone signal out in, in the woods? Really good, at surprisingly. Okay. All right, good, good. Okay, that was one. And then, um, have you seen any compass, compasses going off around SAS? Have you, have you had any issues with compasses going off? Um, I honestly, personally don't own a compass, okay. mm -hmm. but I have heard stories from other researchers mm -hmm. that compasses and a lot of other electronic devices mm -hmm. will either malfunction or just stop working entirely right. while they're out in the field. Yeah. Um, but. Um, a Facebook, you, oh, what colored rocks? I think um, it, it's the kind, right, that you can buy in any of the, like, Dollar General. Now, the question is, yeah. what color are the rocks? So Yellow, blue, okay. green, purple? Uh, the first, if I remember correctly, the first ones I put out there, there was an orange one, a light blue one, and a white one. 
And the first time I went back out to check it, the orange one was missing and the other two had been knocked down and moved around and you know maybe it was a squirrel that did it but the way we had it placed we had it had them placed in a spot where only something with fingers could reach them mm-hmm. and you know so i replaced the two rocks i put the two rocks back that were still there and i put a dark blue one where the um, other one that had been taken had been Mm-hmm. You know, I, I announced, you know, I asked him because, because to be honest, I talk to him when I'm out there, you know, even though I haven't seen the ones behind my house yet, I can still feel their presence. So I talk to him and I, I sing to him <laughs> and, um, so I, I told him what I was doing and I held up the rock that I was putting down. And I said, oh, I hope you guys enjoy the gifts that I'm leaving you. And, you know, so I left and I walked around a bit more and didn't really see anything. But um, except for I did notice on the ground, not too far from where my gifting spot was, there were these stick glyphs that hadn't been there the week, the last time I was out there when my friend and I were setting up the gifting spot mm-hmm. and around the tree where my gifting spot is, you could definitely tell that something had been there. Some, you know, something big. I couldn't make out any like actual footprints. Right. Oh, so there's and that, that was actually the very first glyph that I found almost a year ago this past February back in my woods. And those, that's not, those aren't small sticks. They're about a foot to two foot long. And that, that thing stuck out like a sore thumb. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I have actually been told by, um, a few different researchers mainly Tom Cantrell because mm-hmm. I showed him some of my pictures of some of the glyphs that I found. And he says that that triangle symbol is actually associated with natural energy oh. and that they use that symbol to show how much natural energy that there is in, in an area. Oh, wow. Which I, I find very interesting, really? but it does make sense because there are power lines that run through the woods behind my house. Oh, wow. Um, and, so, yeah, so um, we have a question. Um, okay, thanks. Solar plexus, dark blue, brown. Did the glyph point to the stones at all? Do you know? Or, or um, how- honestly, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to where it was pointing. I just yeah. noticed it and I know, knew that it wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. That, that um, as far as with the power source, that's that it was pointing toward that. That's neat. Wow. And um, 
something else I forgot to mention earlier was um, this past spring, it was, I think it was April, I had stepped out to have a cigarette and I, um, as soon as I opened the, my back door to step outside, I was hearing these, what at first I thought were owl, owls calling. And, you know, I, you know, I thought, oh, cool. I'll get to listen to some owls while I have a cigarette. <laughs> but the more I listened to them, the more they didn't sound quite right. Like I was able to, and I've got a recording of this that I, I sent you mm -hmm. and I, I was able to identify between four to six different individuals wow. making these calls and they seem to be surrounding a clearing that's behind directly behind my landlord's deer camp. And I don't believe it's a coincidence, but that clearing is also where a lot of the deer hang out. Mm. And another reason, you know, I've had people tell me that, Oh, those are just owls. And no, I actually, before I posted it to any, Bigfoot groups or anything like that. I go, I looked up different owl calls mm -hmm. just to make sure that I wasn't, you know, thinking it was Bigfoot and it actually wasn't. Mm -hmm. And the closest thing I could find that matched what almost matched what I was hearing was the mating call of the barred owl. And so I did some research, you know, I'm standing outside the whole, you know, doing this the whole time these calls are being made and doing some further digging. I also found out that the barred owls mating season in my area actually ended in March, but I was hearing these calls in April. And from what I've also read, barred owls, even when they're, you know, it's mating season, don't call simultaneously. And mm -hmm. I was hearing these things one right after the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I stopped recording, just inside the tree line directly behind my house, another one started up and it was so loud that I could almost feel it in my chest. Wow. And, you know, years ago, I, I used to be a hunter and I've had owls do their calls, you know, really close to me, pretty much right next to me. And, even great horned owls were never as loud as what I was hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so, um, so everybody wants to know what kind of music do you sing to them? 
<laughs> um, usually whatever pops into my head, usually it's something like, um, sea shanties sometimes. Uh, I lost my, there we go. Sometimes right. it's, sometimes it's classic rock. Um, Beatles, it's actually, Zeppelin, Boston, the um, Black Sabbath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually... It's actually funny you mentioned that because there was one time earlier this past spring that I was walking out behind my house and I was, I think I was singing Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Yeah, good song. And, you know, I stopped singing because my, my throat was getting dry. I didn't have any <laughs> water with me. And as soon as I stopped singing... I heard something smack a tree behind me. I was going to say, if they feel well, I was going to say, no, no. <laughs> yeah, they start, start singing a chorus with you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I turned, I turned around to see, see if maybe, um, cause there, there's pine trees back there. I was think I turned around and went back cause I knew what tree it was. I had just passed it about 10 seconds before. And I went back to look and see if maybe a pine cone had fallen and hit a branch or something. And there was nothing. And it wasn't, you know, it was honestly too loud for a pine cone. You know, you know, that sound that they make when they hit the branch yeah. or hit the ground. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of smile and go, oh, what, you guys didn't like my singing? <laughs> and just you know, went about my business and, um, you know, sorry, I keep jumping around, but, no, um, that, yeah, that you're doing fantastic. Like I said, I'll ask you questions, but you're just giving us so, and, so much information. Thank you, Dan. Wow. Like, great. you know, like I said, today was the first time that I've been able to get out and explore since about the beginning of October because of you know, hunting season and everything. And, you know, my landlord doesn't, you know, he hunts back there. So he doesn't really like anybody you know, walking sure. back there while he's hunting and everything, which is understandable. Yeah. But the last time I visited my gifting spot back in October, you know, I, you know, I was talking to him and you say, yeah, I'm leaving you guys, you know, these rocks and stuff. And, I hope you like them, and I made the point of telling them that, you know, I'm not going to be able to come out here for a while, and as soon as I did that, I turned around and started walking to do, you know, do my normal exploring, and I think I took about two steps away from my gifting spot and I heard something off to my right whistle at me. Wow. Like, wow. and I turn around and I, you know, I looked just to make sure there wasn't anybody else back there that wasn't supposed to be back there. And there was nobody. And, you know, I looked around, I kind of smiled and I go, 
was that you guys letting me know that you're watching me? And I just went about my business. And I want to say it was back in either November or December that I noticed this. Actually, it was a couple weeks later. Sorry, I'm, I'm, my mind's trying to. Oh, I know. I know how this is. Definitely. And, yep. And we, you know, we had an un, uh, unseasonably warm October like we've had in the past few years. Mm -hmm. And a couple, you know, a week or so went by after, you know, my last time visiting the gifting spot. And I came home from work. I had gotten a job by that point. And, um, my wife and I were sit my, when I got home, my wife was sitting out on the back, our back porch, you know, watching her phone. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And I came out to sit with her and, you know, I was sitting with her for a while and she, all of a sudden she just looks up and she goes, tells me that she's been hearing things jumping out of the trees behind our house. Oh, wow. And, you know, so I started listening and at first, you know, it was on the edge of our pro our back corner of our property, there's wild apple trees that are growing. Uh -huh. And I started hearing them and I thought, well, told her, well, are you sure it isn't like apples falling and hitting the ground? Cause they can be pretty loud sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, maybe, but I don't think so. And it was at that point that I heard what she was talking about. I, something directly behind me jumped out of the trees and hit the ground and it definitely wasn't an apple. Wow. And we actually heard it run off. Um, and so, you know, it was at that point, my wife was getting a little nervous. So she yeah. decided to go back in and, you know, you know me, I, this stuff catches my interest. So I'm out there with my phone and flashlight walking around the yard and, you know, to see if I could see anything. Mm -hmm. And I start walking over to my side yard and right in the, the property line between my landlord's property and I is basically just a few pine trees. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got about halfway between my house and there, I heard something jump out of one of those trees. And actually, I should say more, I felt it because oh. it, it, it felt like it shook the ground a little bit. Oh, wow. And I heard it run off. And so I, you know, stopped and just listened for a little bit. And I started walking around my yard again and I walk up to my porch and started walk, pointing my phone around in the area where that stick structure is mm -hmm. just to, you know, see if I could see anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, cause 
I've come to believe that they built that as possibly a blind to watch my house mm -hmm. because from where if you walk over to where it's sitting there's a perfect view of my house and um yeah so i was talking to him i asked him was that you guys jumping out of the trees and stuff and making all sorts of racket <laughs> that's great and you know i didn't get any responses so i walked back up onto the porch and as soon as i stepped back onto my porch I heard what sounded like a sparrow fly over my head, which struck me as weird because this was all happened around 1030 at night and sparrows and my, to my knowledge, mm -hmm. aren't awake at that time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think it was after that, not much really happened, but, you know, the weather started, you know, becoming we a, winter we weather. Before you go too much further, um, there was a yeah, question. We got to wrap it up, too. Yeah, yeah, we have to. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we'll have to have you on again, Dan, too. But there was a question. Um, have they left any gifts for you that you know of? Um, honestly, not like actual physical gifts. But I do believe that those glyphs that I found near my gifting spot after I set it up were possibly, the, I think that might be what they gifted me as a form of communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But as far as like anything like feathers or animal skulls or stuff like that, that they're known to gift, I haven't, they haven't received, given me anything like that yet. Yes. Yeah. Right. All right. Great. Um, and now um, we did not show some people were talking about the Faye, the Faye picture. We did not show that, but I'm going to post all this stuff as long as that's OK with you, Dan. I will post the, all the pictures and the videos um, on my um, on my Facebook page. So please, everybody come to the No Drama Bigfoot Encrypted Facebook page and I will post um, the the audio is great. It's just that it sounds, you know, like you almost need to have maybe some earphones, you know, or right. yeah. So, um, so anyway, it's, this has been fantastic, Dan. Um, and it sounds like you're really building like a great relationship with them. So I'm sure that we'll have you, we'll have to have you back for an update. Um, and obviously so Eric wants to know next time you go out in the woods, sing that song, the body's at the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Try that song out. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Amy, Amy had said, "Did you did you ball them out for putting that stick structure behind your his uh, your house?" And I'm sure I'm sure you didn't. I hope you didn't. <laughs> no, I actually yeah. thought it. You know, I I welcomed it. You know, it's yeah. like I said, this has been one of my bucket list items that I've wanted to experience it. So I cool. I welcomed it. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. It, it's funny, Dan, you're, you're, um, and I think I've told you this before, your kind of journey through this sounds so much like mine. Um, and I think that that big, this is just what I think is that big, uh, 40 foot, um, 
thing that you were talking about, that structure that you found in the woods. I'm wondering if it's a nursery, like, you know, of, of some sorts. I've been wondering that as well, yeah, too, recently. Because yep, I found something like that um, two years ago in, in, in my woods here where they're at. And it was about maybe 25 feet long. Not that tall. Like you said, pretty wide, but not that tall. But um, it, it, it was gone. It was completely gone by the next summer. So they had torn it down. Or the next... Um, yeah, the next, the next summer it was gone. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, but anyway, thank you. Thank yeah, you again. Thank you, kind sir. Oh, and, uh, thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Course. And tonight at eight o'clock, uh, Mark and I are going to revisit Roswell and we're going to go over some deathbed confessions. Oh, wow. That's so going to be wow. interesting. So, That'll uh, tune into that at eight o'clock and from around the world, coast to coast. We'll see everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thanks thank so you, much. Dan. Dan. Have a great thank night. You. Thank you. Bye bye. 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 It's a grizzly. Should we get out of here? No. We're gonna watch and listen. Action. It's a grizzly. Oh, ship, should we run? <laughs> no. Action. It's a grizzly. Oh, shit. Should we run? <laughs> okay. It's a grizzly. Are you sure it's not Jim Monk? <laughs> It's a grizzly. Oh, money here. Huh. Maybe it is a chipmunk. It's a grizzly. Oh, Are we gonna die? I don't know. We're just gonna sit here and listen and watch. Let's get out of here, maybe. Oh! <laughs>